This is the Cherished You Podcast. I am your host, Rama. This is an evergreen content warning. Um, This podcast talks a lot about abuse and uh, trauma and surviving from both. Uh, We talk about narcissistic abuse. So please understand that if you are not comfortable with talking about those things and your mental health openly and honestly, maybe with not uh, so much polish, uh, this may not be the space for you. Also understand that uh, this ta- this podcast also tackles uh, societal issues of racism, capitalism, um, patriarchy, misogyny, whiteness. So if any of these I um, these topics trigger you, please feel free to leave this space and um, without comment and without any vitriol. Um, and that is perfectly fine for both you and I. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. Um, today, I really wanted to take some time and talk about some core wounds that come up from childhood narcissistic abuse, um, particularly um, around mothers. Um, although I have seen this with paternal narcissistic abuse as well, it kind of comes up with um, in both cases and. It, this learn and and this one is like learned helplessness helplessness and yes that is actually as hard to say as it sounds but learned helplessness is um is kind of one of those insidious kinds of wounds that you really don't realize that you have until you are in adulthood and faced with doing doing things for yourself as an adult that you have absolutely all agency we're we're no we're all assuming that we have full agency of ourselves to be able to do this said thing and you somehow can't make yourself do it you have no motivation to do it you have no um no inclination to go and start the thing there is this kind of um I guess the best way to describe it, if you have ADHD, um, is that executive dysfunction kind of thing where you can think about the thing and you feel like you can do the thing and then you just can't do the thing. Now, executive dysfunction and learned helplessness are two different things. Um, But that feeling of, I know there's this thing I want to do, but I can't make myself go do it. That kind of inertia um, that is really the feeling that I'm kind of trying to point you towards. Um, in learned helplessness, you get conditions as a child that somehow you don't know what's best for you. You um, even, and on top of that, no matter what you do, it won't make a difference. So why do it at all? Whereas executive dysfunction is this actual inability to move out of that inertia to start moving again. But learned helplessness is this like inner belief that no matter what you do, even if you knew what it is you're supposed to do, it wouldn't make a difference, which in actuality is not true at all. Some doing some, like if you know what you need to do, doing it will 
in at the end of it will provide you with something whether it's information as to what you um what works or what doesn't work um whether it's the result you're looking for or if it's an absolute opposite result it will give you something when you do the thing but learn helplessness tells us that even if i knew what i was supposed to do even if this thing that i think i'm supposed to do is the right thing for me to do it wouldn't make a difference and this, I call it a core wound because it really does, it imprints on you in a way where you have this internal belief about yourself and it stops you from ever taking a chance on doing the things that you really want to do in life. And that could be something as simple as, you know, meeting your your care needs you know, making sure that your laundry is done, making sure that you have food to eat, making sure that you are clean, um, taking care of your pets. It's something like some like really, really basic stuff to even doing the bigger things like taking the steps toward, your, you know, your dream career or um, that, you know, taking the steps to save up for that vacation you really want to take or whatever the case is, getting financially literate, um, oh, starting that business, you know, making that, uh, you know, applying for that job, whatever the case is, you know, um, going off grid if that's your thing. Um, it could be anything, but you, it, learn helplessness comes from a very deeply wounded place because it does come from childhood or like some very formative experiences do create that internal belief. And to kind of unwind that, you have to consistently do two things. One, do things that, um, that do the things that the belief is telling you aren't going to matter. You do them anyway. Um, and then B is to constantly present yourself with evidence of all the times that you did set thing, think thought it wasn't going to make a difference, and it did, even if it's the tiniest thing. Um, this comes up for me a lot when I am going through depressive episodes. This is the core belief that really kind of takes root. And I've gotten better over the years really kind of um, looking for this one. And granted, I will still say that even now, after, you know, 37 years of having, you know, of, of dealing with this, um, I still, this is still, um, while when I'm healthy, I, this is the first, I'll say this is the first thing I look for. But when I'm in the middle of it, I know that this is like, kind of toward the end of the list of all the things that I'm looking for. The other usual suspects um, usually aren't the cause of my depression anymore, and they're not even the core belief that my depression kind of latches onto and takes hold of. Um, it's uh, Mostly it's a learned helplessness one now that really comes up that despite all of the evidence I have of my ability and capability, um, I will still fall into, if I'm not careful, into this... Um, what's um becomes a spiral really that tells me that well even if you could do this thing it really is not going to make a difference why are you even trying just sit down and there because i am um when i'm healthy 
and not depressed. I am someone who, you know, I kind of, if I think of something that I need to do, I kind of go and do it. And if it's something that needs to wait, I'll make sure that I have some sort of reminder that will tell me, hey, you need to go do this thing at the, you know, at when, you know, at this point. Um, and I've never really had a problem with that because I know in other areas of my life, I show up and that's how I do. Um, and it's not from a place of, of stress. It's not from a place of being triggered. It's not, it's just, that is part of who I am. And a lot of that is because I made myself into that kind of a person where if there is something that needs to get done, I go and take care of it. And if I need help, I, you know, I'll either ask for the help or wait until the help shows up one or the other. Um, so when I get into spaces, um, where I'm like, oh, what difference is it going to make? I am very, I become wary almost instantly because I'm like, okay, something's not right. That's not normal Rama. That is not my, my normal self. My normal healthy self doesn't think like that. Um, so I can say right now when I'm not in a depressive state, hey, this is what I'm looking for when I uh, when I get depressed. The truth is when I'm actually depressed, I actually do rely on my the relationships in my life to show me that, um, hey, you're not acting like yourself. Um, because with if I just had to rely on myself, it would take me a while. And by a while, I mean um, I could go from – a couple of days into an episode where it can snowball into a couple of weeks to a couple of months of being stuck in a depressive hole that I don't like to be stuck in. Um, and the reason I bring it up um, really for for this episode is, is really just about, uh, I, I really do want to dive into some core wounding that happens, like core things that can that you, that when you're working through your healing and, and through narcissistic abuse, through the lens of narcissistic abuse, what happens is that we start to think that some of these wounds are just a part of our personality. And I've mentioned this in the previous episode where when you start healing, you start to figure out that a lot of the things that you thought were just a part of you are really all a trauma response. And a lot of them are not necessarily responses to active abuse, but it's this, these, these insidious beliefs that we tend to internalize that come from our caregivers that we start to then think, hey, you know, I'm just not somebody who does things. I'm just not somebody who, you know, gets up off the mat and tries new things. Um, I kind of stay in the same thing. And if it doesn't work out well, it was somebody else's problem. Even though I'm not happy, this isn't the life I want to live. This isn't the kind of relationships I want to have. This is not how I want my day-to-day to look like, but I'm not, I can, nothing I do is going to make a difference. And you almost end up victimizing yourself. That's like the learned helplessness. Like you end up victimizing, you end up, uh, end up framing yourself as the victim to like life that happens to you. And none of us are... We, there's a lot of spaces in our life where we have no power, but the one thing where we always do have power for power in, I believe, is is using our bodies to the extent that we can. Whatever state your body is in, um, whatever it allows you to do, there is something that it will always allow you to do, 
And so if we don't take advantage of that, we're really missing out on a lot of what our experience on earth can really kind of provide for us. And I, I do see this come up a lot, not even just with myself, with my, with my clients. And it's really like, you don't notice it. Like, like that's why I think when, it, if you're just by yourself and learned helplessness is, is something that's a part of your, um, your trauma, it's really hard to kind of pick up on it because it is so embedded with all the other beliefs, negative beliefs that we have about ourselves. And it's hard to kind of pinpoint like the, or, or to even pull at the one thread that is learned helplessness because it's interweaved with everything else. So really kind of unraveling this one core wound and kind of working on healing it really just means kind of unraveling a lot of who we think we are. And that becomes um, scary in and of itself because when you start to unravel who you are, then you are for a while kind of left in limbo trying to figure out, well, who do I want to be now? And one thing I have um, in, the, in the past couple of years, I've really started to say about myself because I realized this was true. And this is actually one of the, um, the alternate beliefs that I use to kind of help me with my own learned helplessness wound is that I built myself from scratch. And really where that comes from is that when I started, when I first recognized um, the learned helplessness wound, which was, you know, at this point, probably like six, almost six years ago now, when I first kind of started unraveling it, I really did end up in that empty void of not knowing who I was. I didn't know um, what I was capable of. I didn't know what I stood for. I didn't know what my values were. Um, I, I, I didn't know. And so I really did start to take bits and pieces of what I admired in other people, what I had admired in previous versions of myself, um, what I what, uh, what was my concept of a good person. And I kind of put all these pieces together to build myself into who I am now. And I'm proud of who I am now. I, I, like I said, I built myself from scratch. Having, going through that process though, is incredibly scary. And also, um, it, it does, the process itself does a lot for dismantling the belief that anything I do will not make a difference. And kind of this podcast, honestly, was kind of like one of the last little things that I did um, that kind of helped me get over the hump. Because one thing I realized is that this, it whether the podcast is a uber success or not is really irrelevant to me. I really don't care. Um, but what I do hope it does is that the people who do come across it find something in it that will help them. And I say that practically every episode, I try to say that, um, say that particular, yeah, I, I, I try to say that particular statement, which is, I know that what I'm going through, I'm not the only one who has ever gone through it. But I do know that 
a lot of us feel alone in our experience because there aren't enough people talking about what they're going through. Even with everything that we have on, ha- have available to hear about people's inner thoughts and experiences, they're still curated. They're still performative. They're still um, Instagrammable. That, that, you know, it's all of those things. There's still this very polished looking thing and we just don't talk about, hey, maybe like, you know, there was a whole, I had this whole period of time where I just didn't think anything I did made a difference. I felt like a worthless piece of crap because who the who cares what I do? I don't. It's not going to make a difference to me. So, you know, is is it ever going to make a difference to anyone? That's that's a really um it's a really gutting internal world to live in when you have that as your foundation. So, what I mean, I really don't have any tips because this requires a lot of coaching. Like this is honestly like I have worked with clients for six months on just this one thing. But after six months, you have all the tools to help you being like, hey, this is what, this is how you unravel this really, really deep core wound that you carry. This really deep limiting belief that you have. This is how you work through it. This is how you excavate it. And this is how you internalize who you really are, who you choose to be versus this thing that you did, that you took in, because as a child, this is the only way you knew how to make sense of what, how you weren't getting your needs met by your parents or caregivers, whoever they are. So I would really like to hear from, from anyone who's listening about how this shows up for you, because I, um, I, there, there's some stories from clients that I have been told that I'm not allowed to share, so I can't share them. But I would love to hear and and hear from you guys how learned helplessness has shown up for you or does show up for you currently, um, and how you're working through that. Because I think we all have our own ways of going through it, and um, you know, I have my way, and but I know that we not my way won't work for everyone. So hopefully your, your way of working through it might help somebody else who's listening. And that way we can help each other. Um, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet today because I really am looking for feedback. So, um, I look forward to hearing from all you guys and thanks so much for listening today. And I'll talk, talk to you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Cherished You podcast. If you could please leave me a review, um, subscribe and share. It really helps get the podcast out to those who it will help the most.